This time, it's Personal, a music review podcast about sharing songs and telling stories. I'm Jamie. And I'm Galen. So, we got a guest today. This is a new thing. Um, This time, it's Personal. Um, Should we introduce our guest? I think it would be kind of cool to have our guest introduce himself. Sure. Oh, boy. Uh, Cool. Yeah. I'm Ian Gill. Uh, hi Ian. Hi. hi Ian. Hi. Uh, and I've uh, I don't know I've worked with both you guys a lot over the past couple of years. Um, I'm a game designer and uh, I also do a bunch of other stuff. That sounds like you do a lot of fun stuff. I, obviously, I know you a bit because we've worked together quite a, quite a lot over the years. But so I'm interested though before we even get into what songs you brought. Um, you do so many different things, like Galen and myself. But mm-hmm. where where does that where does music fit into all of that for you? Like, mm-hmm. where do you lean on it? Is it a background thing? Is it something that gets you hyped up for what you're about to work on? Because you do so much creative work. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> music, I think, serves like a lot of different roles in my life. Um, it it definitely has that like role of just uh, uh, being kind of a background driving force when I'm actually like working on stuff, creating things. Um, it can be kind of an inspiration or help like get into the mindset, get into the mood of something. Totally. Um, a lot of the work that I've done, like personal project stuff, uh, involves a lot of like very meticulous, highly repetitive uh, kind of work. Uh, very meticulous drawings and things like that. And um, for that kind of thing, I often listen to music that, like, if I wasn't listening to it on headphones, would drive everyone I live with insane. (laughs) Um, So, like, lots of very repetitive, kind of droney, often kind of noisy, dark stuff. Oh, cool. Um, So it could be anything from, like, the field... Uh, which is a very just like flowing, very repetitive kind of like electronic uh, music to uh, like fuck buttons, which is like very noisy, also very repetitive electronic music. Um, yeah, and I think you know, but it's not all just about like making stuff and 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 work and whatnot. Like music has, I think, defined. Um, a lot of different parts of my life and it's it's definitely helped me like process a lot of things uh and and i think like i don't know but it's always it always kind of comes back to the creative side of things and making stuff i sure. think like the highest compliment you can give like a piece of art whether it's music or visual art or a game or whatever is that it makes you want to make stuff um so we got there's three of us. We all got two songs to play from two artists. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go first? I don't want to put we, you on the spot necessarily. Should we Rochambeau? Yeah. <laughs> all right. One out of one? Sure, why not? You, How, le- you okay. lead the charge. All right. Oh, well, I lost. Okay. So then I guess it's... I don't know. Contend the king? I don't know how this works. Okay. What is this for? Who goes first? Who goes mm-hmm. last? I who guess it's first? who goes first. So if you win, you go first. 
Uh, you go first. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're the winner. That was easy. All right, done. Uh, cool. So, uh, one of the things that I'm very self-conscious of uh, doing this show is that I have a very specific character I portray of being into a very specific type of music and, a very, and listening back to the episodes... I feel like I've only brought a certain type of music, so I'm taking a hard left turn okay. and bringing something very different um, <laughs> just to change the pace a little bit. Uh, so I am bringing the Oh Hellos, uh, and the first song we're going to listen to is Hello, My Old Heart off of, uh, let's see, the Oh Hellos EP from 2011. still there inside my chest I've been so worried you've been so still barely beating it all oh don't leave me here alone don't tell me that we've grown for having loved a little while oh, oh I don't want to be I've given you away And every day I add another stone To the walls I built around you To keep you safe Wow. The oh hellos. The oh hellos. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I think of it, here's my thoughts on this. I really liked the soft opening. Um, it made me lean into it. And that's a, that is across the board something I love. Like when something's qu- kind of quiet, you lean in and you're like, you want to hear it a little bit more. They combined the tight vocals and brought back the roomy vocals, but then they added like a flubby, flappy kick drum. It wasn't like bump, bump. It was more like flump, flump, flump. <laughs> right. And at first I'm like, what is that? Like, I thought maybe I didn't like it. Um, until right after that, when everything came together for the, I'd call it a big verse before the, the chorus, mm-hmm. they took the flub out of the kick drum when they raised the stakes and it was like, what a weird and cool choice that was. So I didn't like it by itself, but it's one of those things and lots of different songs will modest mouse is amazing at this, but they'll like, I feel like there's intentionally parts of the songs that you're not supposed to like, but you sit through it until you do like it. Like I think cowboy Dan is a song by modest mouse that does that, but it's like, it's like, what is this? I don't really like it. And then it's like, ah, worth waiting for. I like the song, but then it was like, 
whoa, all caps is what I wrote, <laughs> when that explosion came. Because, like, usually I can catch on to when you're going to hear that giant explosion. Like, you're like, okay, I'm feeling the build. They're right. about to go full blast, you know, mm-hmm. sing along time. But they didn't tease it. Mm-hmm. And so it caught me by surprise, which is on brand for you, Galen. Yes, like, that's true. So even though you think that's this true. isn't, it, it, it was a surprising moment. And that does fit into your your theme. My other notes on this would be uh, where I'd like to listen to this song. And this is a fun question, Ian, mm-hmm. we've started doing, and I think we should do more. Yeah. Like, where where could you see yourself listening to this song? And I'd say this is a great song for a solo road trip. Or I had a great drive with a new friend last weekend. And, you know, when you're meeting somebody, you go on a long drive, there's like awkward moments where you're not talking. Yeah. So this would be a perfect song to listen to that. Or this would be a perfect song to listen to in that time, in that awkward moment where you also kind of want, kind of wanted to tell the person that you like them. <laughs> you know, it felt like when that big chorus at the end hits, you know, driving through the trees, like it, that's goosebumps moment for me. Right, like, right, right there. Um, so that's my feelings on that, except for one more note, which is there was a heavy use of noise floor on the vocals mm-hmm. uh, and you they didn't do anything to try to take it out and there's no reason in the world that I should like that at all because I spend so much of my work week trying to get rid of noise floor and they cut it in and out like ruthlessly they didn't mm-hmm. care at all and it became part of the singer's character and it wasn't perfect and I think I wouldn't have liked the song as much if they made it perfect right that's uh that's one of the things I like about this band is that they everything that they make feels very big and produced and they have these big kind of crescendos and stuff in a lot of their songs and they have I mean they're like I think they're like a 10 piece band or something like that so it's not layered it's not the singer layered a bunch of times it's like a full the full band singing um when they perform live they're all singing together and it feels really big, but it's also really natural. Like, there's not a lot of them producing it to, like, get these big crescendos. It's it's a lot of them just doing their thing. And I think that's one of the things I, I love about their voice as a group is it's very, like, uh, honest. And so it's very in character with their group to, like, just not do anything about that. And it's just, like, the point is to get his vocals across. And the point is to, like have that closeness and part of that closeness is you know hearing everything right and being uh not being too particular about it and i think that lack of perfection is part of the appeal for me of that it just feels very like earnest in its delivery um one of the things that i think is is really nice about this and it sort of ties into the where would i listen to it um I find that every time I listen to the song, I always have this sort of like relaxing of the shoulders. Like there's just this something about the like intro with the quiet guitar and things sort of slowly building that just have this like nice relaxing effect where you're just like, oh, I can just like sit in this. And it builds up so naturally that like it does that that big crescendo at the end does take you by surprise. But I feel like also I, I it does a lot to get you into the state where it's going to take you by surprise too, where mm-hmm. it kind of like lulls you into this really nice place. And so it makes that all the more impactful when it does hit. Um, but I like, this is a song I've listened to a lot when I'm just like laying in bed and I'm just like sitting there kind of zoning out. And it's like a really nice way to just sort of like melt away a little bit and, and unfocus. Totally. 
Mm. Yeah, I think that honesty thing you were talking about is why it surprised me too. Like it was so natural and the setup was long enough that it didn't, you couldn't catch on right. before the exploding final chorus. Yeah, I thought the um, the way that the song kind of progresses from, like like you said, kind of that quiet, almost loose kind of quality uh, into something that uh, sort of like this incredible crescendo um it feels to me like like movement you know like it i agree with with where where would you listen to this like on a road trip totally with you there like i i feel like but i feel like it has a an interesting uh transition i was like paying attention to the lyrics a lot and uh, and how the lyrics kind of like tie into what was happening musically, and it starts off kind of melancholy, right? And mm-hmm. it it has this quality. There's uh, I was writing down some of the, the lyrics. You know, he's talking about his uh, heart barely beating. Uh, Hello, my old heart. It's been so long since I've given you away. And it has this like kind of melancholic quality of, um, you know, someone who's been hurt. Uh, when they opened up before and so they haven't opened up since uh but then the song opens up right it, oh it, cool it kind of erupts um and that's a really nice quality um and it makes me feel like it's a song that moves uh, if that makes sense it feels like it's it's kind of like walking kind of ambling along at the beginning and by the end it breaks into a sprint yeah yeah, totally. The lyrics totally reflect that too because the last uh, verse is nothing lasts forever, some things aren't meant to be, but you'll never find the answers answers until you set your old heart free. And that's like when it bursts into the crescendo. Oh, cool. Um, and I feel like, yeah, that that's the lyrical part is also what I really like about it is that a lot of the metaphors about like treating your heart as a, a character and also the idea of like your old heart where it's like it is only gotten old because you've you've locked it away and it hasn't seen the world um yeah it's it's a really nice metaphor that's sweet yeah, yeah. I, I uh i didn't get a chance to really think about the lyrics so it's cool to hear on your first listen that you really did and mm-hmm. obviously galen you've had more time yeah to listen to it i'm excited to listen to it again with that because i still felt the movement and i felt emotional but without the the anchor points of the words that's cool do you yeah, have yeah. any more thoughts about that song, Ian? Um, I think the the other, I guess the, just the last little note about it um, was like I was paying much closer attention to uh, the lyrics, and I really actually appreciated that. Like you picked up on so much production stuff that I was not picking up on at all. Um, but there's one last little bit, which is that the song kind of eases you into it. And then it just like kicks you into high gear for that last bit and then just drops you right back out of it. And I think that like, that's a yeah. really interesting set of transitions uh, where you're kind of like lulled in and then just like punched in the face and then just dropped on the ground uh-huh. uh, at the end, which is like uh, it's a very dynamic kind of kind of feeling, which I definitely appreciate. And that's the ending is interesting, too, because it's not just a hard cut there is actually that ramp into the like, and it just like sucks up and is done. Right. Like it's, Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's, 
it's one of the few choices in the song to me that feels super intentional. Like all of the choices probably are very intentional, but that choice feels very intentional on the production versus everything else feels very kind of natural and like it could build. And then there's that moment, which is just this like, and done. Yep. That's amazing. I got to just say this really quick because this is uncanny because I made the connection in my comment earlier about the drive this weekend, but I did do a drive through the mountains with a person that I have a crush on and um, it was building and magical and then like sunset, no traffic through the mountain roads and then like everything was just like golden hour and I was like getting goosebumps and then I dropped her off at home and drove away and it was like the ending of that song it was like this huge ease in this huge feeling and then nothing like just (laughs) stops cold stop you know uh i just have to say that because it it fits that imagery perfectly right (laughs) and you kind of have it like ringing in your ears afterwards yeah the doors the door shut and it was the car door shut and that was it it was like ah anyways great track man Great. Well, you ready to kick into the next one? Most definitely. Absolutely. So the next one we're going to listen to is off of their 2012 album, Through the Deep Dark Valley, uh, and it is Like the Dawn. me on a trip yeah a trip that felt like a little bit like this it started with (laughs) uh instrumentally first then emotionally second uh amazing guitar this band has i gotta just point that out um I can see their theme is not trying to make it perfect um, and just stick with the natural. So I don't see them taking like a thousand takes in the studio to get the guitar sounding right, but it just sounds great. Um, Female vocals started this track off. Yeah. The last one was male vocals at the top. So a little context for that. This band uh, is actually fronted by brother and sister. Um, oh, whoa. And so, yeah, the all of the female vocals for uh, all the songs uh is the sister and and then the brother does the male vocals and they usually have some sort of pairing in the songs. Um, I actually picked this song partially because it was one of the ones that was primarily uh, the female vocals. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, at first I was like, wait, was the last one was a male vocal, right? But that's interesting that they're brother and sister. That feeds into something I want to talk about in a minute. Um, 
but there, there's this gentle but steady pounding kick drum in there. It's just that boom, 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 like heartbeat uh, style drum, which I like that. Uh, some other bands like the Doves have this song called Pounding, where they just focus on that entirely. Mm. Um, but this, this, they kind of tucked it underneath there. Um, and so that the main thing on this, again, I didn't get a bunch of lyrics. I got one, but the male and female harmonies when they came in, they felt like um, not just a harmony for harmony's sake. They felt like a conversation between the two people mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. more for me. And that's, I think that's kind of hard to pull off unless you truly are feeling that, like in a recording experience versus just like, okay, time to do the harmonies. Uh, so I felt like it was a com- conversation between uh, the two, but um, from different places. So like, like there were two different people. They could have been on separate sides of the country or the planet, but thinking the same things at the same time hmm. and sort of singing that or saying those words in their head. I didn't get all the words, right. but it, the emotion was like, they could have been in separate places and this is what happened when they were brought together right thinking the same feelings um and then uh there's like a tickle of a snare drum that just just a little bit uh and then the the vocals go super distant Mm -hmm. so you got Mm -hmm. this intimate sharing similar thought and to me that's when the the connection went bad like between (laughs) the two so like they didn't have that uh, and then there's a frustration feeling that came in because there was this like rolling combo of all the instrumentation. It wasn't like the song before it was like, bow, surprise. It was more like this, like this rolling feeling when everything came back in. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that felt like the frustration of losing that connection, um, like that buzz you get when you're deeply thinking about something or somebody. And that felt like the frustration part. Um and like they were losing touch with their intense feelings. Uh, mm. And then she tries to find it again. It was her trying to find like that thought, that feeling. It's like a high you get when you're really like warm from thinking something good about somebody or a connected feeling. Um, and then she, she went to me, and this is the only lyric that like I heard really was, you'll surely be the death of me. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was her reaching for like, the hard stuff. It wasn't like, I want to have a beer and feel something. It's like, I want to have a whiskey and feel something. It was like that feeling like you'll be the death of me is like a, you know, shock paddles to your emotions to get back to the deep feelings and back to the connection between the other person. Um, yeah, that's, that's my feelings on the song and, um, feeling the closeness between the two was powerful for me. And I would listen to this song on my third beer while replaying memories of a strong encounter. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe it's the, um, maybe it's just the fact that I saw Midsummer recently, but I, I've like been mentally injecting like kind of weird cult imagery, uh, to both of these songs. Uh Um, and I'm I don't kind think of, that the uh, the eleven piece band with brother and sister fronting it is helping any. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like I'm just imagining these this eleven piece band with brother and sister fronting all in white, um, in like a weird uh, wooden log church in the woods. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's awesome. I think you're thinking of Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. <laughs> <laughs> could be i i think it's it's like there's one part in particular in this song where um 
I'm not sure what the lyric was exactly, but it was something like, like you were the brightest shade of sun or something. Mm-hmm. And um, and there's this like reverb behind her, uh, but it's it's like hearing the reverb from like a chorus of people singing without actually hearing them singing. Right. Uh, I noted that down too. And there's like a very eerie quality that that had. Huh. For me at least, where it it feels like someone singing and almost like they're possessed or something like Whoa. there's hmm. a like uh, uh, not necessarily in a like super spooky way but it could be like spirits speaking through them or something like that but that that was definitely an impression that I got and that might just be because I had this like uh, kind of weird cult vibe coming off of this stuff. No, I think that's cool, man. That's different, but I I can see what you're saying. There was when she disappeared. Yeah. It was weird and like, yeah, I felt something from that. It was a little spooky. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. There's so there's a, a lyric right up front which is always the one that catches me in this song because it's another one of those mysterious lyrics that I'm I I have a hard time untangling from them, <laughs> which was I was sleeping in the garden when I saw you first. He put me deep, deep under so that he could work, which is like sort of a weird surgery theme, which does not wow. help the cult thing at all. No. Yeah, I picked that up too. I didn't get that one. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I have always thought with this is that moment where everything pulls away and it's just those echoed out vocals feels a little bit like that, like falling asleep from anesthesia, like kind of getting sucked away from the real world and like huh. everything fading to black a little bit. Yeah. And it's sort of that like dreamscapey thing. Cause it's always there a little bit behind her vocals, but then when it gets pulled all the way out, I, for whatever reason, I sort of connected that with this, like you're now in this like deep slumber. Wow. I can see that. Yeah. It was a disconnected feeling for all of us. Right. In mm-hmm. some way. A little culty. Yeah, a little bit culty. Culty surgery. <laughs> yeah. Don't like that at all. <laughs> no. It's it's yeah, and, and I when I say it feels culty to me, like that's not denigrating it. That's a that's an aesthetic that I can <laughs> totally appreciate. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Who wants to go next? Ian, you got some songs? I do. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Uh we're gonna we're gonna head into um, some tonally pretty different territory. I'm excited. Uh, this is from an album that means a whole lot to me. Um, it was something that I listened to a, a ton uh, when I was sort of at the end of my college experience and sort of transitioning into, uh, I guess, being an independent human. Um, and there's a lot of like dark stuff going on for me at that time. And so this is dark also, but uh, in that way that I think can be very helpful. So uh, the it's Keep the Streets Empty for Me uh, by Fever Ray.
tonally very different, but uh, I like it also. It put me in a different mood. You can yeah. hear you can hear that now in my voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can tell that my character has changed my by character. the sound of my voice. Yeah, I'm my- now the somber version of Galen. Yeah, a little softer. Um, I've never heard this band, and I'm excited to listen to them more because this this was different, but not different from stuff I like. Mm-hmm. Like right away, it took me to the Cure, like which is like mm. a band that I love. Uh, not just the instruments, but just the 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 color of it all. Like right. t- took me there right right out the gate. Um, there's a haunting haunting rhythm guitar at the beginning that was really cool. There's a, it was followed by this old school kick and strange snare, like that. It reminds me of something and it drove me crazy. I would have wrote no notes if I would really tried to figure out what it was. I'll try, like, I don't know. It could have been like some obscure Phil Collins song or something <laughs> so, so weird. Just that drum thing, but it was like something that I remember liking as a kid. Um, so that was cool and different and they stuck with it throughout Um, the vocals in this track stood out to me a lot Um, at first because they were a little broken sounding which is Mm -hmm. funny you were joking about that before the start but I love hearing the strain in people's voices versus just perfect pitch and you know throat singing muscles Mm -hmm. and it was a little broken it was also like nasally and intense like it was coming out at you you know like in a hardcore way which i thought was going to be that way for the for the whole song but then um like some of these other tracks where i didn't pick up on all the lyrics she said something like i'm laying down eating snow yeah at least that's what i thought and suddenly the vocals got way softer not buried it wasn't uh an effect it went from like data data to like data data you know like it came back in a really cool way um and it it i felt like that made me think the stuff before it was her talking to the world or to a group and then when that changed to that softer thing it was her talking to herself mm. um and then um then the snare came back in right after that soft vocal section mm-hmm. and that that or the yeah came back into like <laughs> the ta turned into like it sounded like they added like someone hitting a can or something that wasn't necessarily part of a drum kit digital or analog it was like this you know like like a can hit you know Mm -hmm. uh, right in there and i thought that was just cool yeah totally um it's an interesting track because it's so all absorbing for me like just it was hard for me to even catch specifics i caught some lyrics and stuff but like it's one of these things where it's easy to get lost in because you've got this trance like just continual shape of this thing that just you keep hearing the same structure and stuff and you just sort of like get lost in all of those sounds coming in and out which i really like like it it, it's a nice um feeling to be able to just you're like having a hard time focusing on anything because you're just getting sucked into that world um and initially i was i was feeling i was trying to pick out like what it felt like to me and the actual thing i realized is it kind of feels like being underwater Mm -hmm. like it's this like big overwhelming thing that you're in and it's all kind of moving around you and there's all these things kind of coming in and out of focus and it's hard to tell what anything is and then I went like underwater oh 
it's kind of like a submarine because you have like a constant sonar ping. Whoa. Uh, like just constant, this constant like moving through the murky, murky waters trying to see what's even coming in and out. Uh, and that picture kind of crystallized in my head as I was listening to it and just seeing these things through this little tiny window kind of like drift in and out of focus and pass by and something big comes in and then fades away and it's like everything is kind of mysterious and you only can really tell what it is when it's right up in front of you. I love that. Um, yeah. It was it's a really potent imagery as soon as I as soon as it clicked it was like that's all I can see now. Um uh yeah, I I caught that that snow vocal, the the uh laying down eating snow and then as soon as I caught that I kept just picking out all of these little lyrics that were like really interesting like on a bed of spider webs. Uh, and, uh, it was on a bed of spider webs thinking of ways to change myself, um, which is a very, uh, it's a very uncomfortable headspace that line puts me in all of a sudden. Cause it's like, I, the, on the bed of spider webs thing feels very much like that feeling where you're like, always a little uncomfortable. Like that line makes me kind of, Mm -hmm. I, I get into that, like bugs crawling on you it's like thing. when your skin is sticky Ugh, and you're yeah like, ah. yeah yeah and you're like you can't kind of get comfortable and you're just like trying to find it and it just isn't there and like you're kind of that combined with the like trying or thinking of ways to change myself just like rolling around in like a gross feeling and then also like rolling around in like emotionally a gross feeling of like not being comfortable physically or emotionally totally mm-hmm. is like really that one kind of stuck with me and i was like oh God. Ooh, uh, uh. the um the the lyric right before that uh or i guess in between uh laying down eating snow and on a bed of spider webs is uh it's laying down eating snow uh my f- fur is hot tongue is cold mm. and that always like gave for me always gave this song a kind of interesting animal quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it always felt a little bit like a song almost from the perspective of like a wild animal, like roaming the streets early in the morning. Mm. Uh, Whoa. Before, you know, before anyone is up. Right. And that that other lyric, um, morning, keep the streets empty for me. Mm-hmm. Right. It feels like sort of asking the early morning to just like keep everyone away so I can have the streets to myself. And for me, when I like first was listening to this album all the time, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was spending a lot of my time like walking around and just kind of like by myself, just kind of thinking to myself. And I always really appreciated, um, I'm not a morning person, but I wish I was because I really appreciate the feeling of being awake before everyone else is sure. And of wandering the streets. Uh, I had that feeling in New York uh, when I lived there and like walking around in Brooklyn or Manhattan and not having anyone around in those places is a wild feeling. Yeah. It's like, 
deeply eerie, but also weirdly can be comforting uh, if if you're in that headspace, I guess. Yeah, I feel that. A little quiet privacy. Yeah. And it's almost like a, I guess like that connection that I was making, the fur is hot, tongue is cold. Like it feels like a, like a dog or a wolf, like eating snow to cool itself down or something like that. Like it's, uh, it, it, it feels like, and you can see that animal then like want, like loping down the street. Right. And it, it feels like there's kind of this base animal need uh to for for solitude uh sometimes and quiet yeah that is tripping me out that's (laughs) that's a real dog or wolf (laughs) yeah no no animal fully here no that was too naturally perfect all real dogs yeah that's really cool imagery that i did not i did not get it on the first listen but i could see how after many listens and hearing hearing a song like this at a time of day like that mm-hmm. in an empty version of a really hectic place mm-hmm. that sounds pretty powerful her first album was like my f- might still be my favorite album but it it's uh it's an album that i just like listen to all the time and always i would always wonder like man whatever happened to her right because it was, 8 years went by and no other you know no other solo music wow. from her and uh and then all of a sudden uh right as i was going through another transition in my life where i was leaving the job that i had been at for seven years um a new song came out wow. and uh and it was the single off her next album and uh that song is to the moon and back by fever Ray. shit whoa definite whoa <laughs> i was Big not expe- whoa. i was not expecting that no yeah, nor was i when it came out neither. yeah god how exciting would that have been to be waiting and waiting and then a song like that comes out like you said it was uh, nuts like, right <laughs> at the right time not just yeah. that it was a new song from the artist but like what that feels like the total difference yeah yeah, it was like way like that like I mentioned before, like that first album, there's like one song on it that feels like it has some like hope to it, kind of like an uplifting kind of quality to it. And totally. but the whole the tone of the album as a whole is it's it's like dark and alienated, you know? And uh and it feels like someone working through depression. Mm-hmm. Uh and then this album 
still and this track in particular, but like this this album still has this kind of like alienated and slightly distant quality, but it is much more lively and much more horny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I caught that. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't get the horny thing as much. I got the lively and back to life thing. I mean, I got got really excited when the first... um, well, first I got interested because it sounded different at the beginning, and then I got freaked out for one second. There was three times. <laughs> there was three times in this song where something happened. It only happened once, and it was just freaked me out. And the first one was it sounded like mic feedback, and like there was this <laughs> like right at the top, and I was like, "Oh, is something wrong here with us in the studio?" But no. Um, and then I couldn't stop thinking about you, Ian, because I'm that way with artists, and I'm sure Galen is too, where you're like, you really love an artist, and then they disappear, yeah. and you mm-hmm. wait, and you wait, and you wait. But all that while, what you said it was seven years, mm-hmm. so from college and like all that confusion and emotion to you've been out doing the thing now for seven months, <coughs> and or seven years, excuse me, and... You're in such a different place. I don't know where you were at that t- at that time, but um, when it came back with that hopeful, optimistic uh, thing, it was like, "Hey, remember me?" Mm-hmm. It's like, "Holy crap!" I like got goosebumps. But thinking about it through your through your ears, um, uh, obviously, instrumentally at the beginning, there was all kinds of stuff. I looked at Galen because I know <laughs> I knew that he was just like, oh, yeah. There's like these tiny voices dancing all around. Yeah, I um, I, I wrote down mouse synth, and then later <laughs> I apparently wrote laser scone. Yeah. I don't not sure why. It's just that's from my brain conjured. Laser scone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a comment on that. But those little voices. The mouse synth, as I think you were referring to it as, felt like a tractor beam for my attention. It was mm-hmm. like, and it pulled me in, pulled me in, and then when it grabbed hold of me, if I was a ship, it was like that big bassy synth that mm-hmm. came in right then, mm-hmm. and I felt like I was caught in it. Um, that one, the that specific synth, I think, was really interesting to me too, because as somebody who's made a lot of electronic music. Mm-hmm. A thing that you do very early on when you start goofing with keyboards is you like turn on the arpeggiator and just start jamming on random keys. Mm-hmm. And it, not only does it feel like that, but it feels like that throughout the whole song, where it's like not ever the same. Like it's not just like a loop. It's like somebody for a full two and a half minutes is just sitting there jamming on different keys. And there's like weird moments of dissonance in there that just happen, but it feels like. In the same way that there's like a certain uh, honesty to like oh hellos where it's like very from the soul. This is, feels like very from the soul, but almost in that like I'm back and I'm very horny kind of way. <laughs> I'm just like I'm just fucking jamming on shit and like I, I love that that like it's a track kind of just built around that energy of just going for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that very ru- good. That ruled. <laughs> yeah, I felt like wonder and excitement with that came in. Um, and I felt like I was starting to understand the song. And then this, I think, was the laser scone that you mentioned. There was one laser in <laughs> yeah, the whole yep. song. One scone. Yeah. Pew! And it was like, okay, they're going to start playing with that. Nope. They just did it. They just gave it. Just one um, laser scone. They just gave it once. That's all you get. 
Um, a couple more ideas I had was like back to the hey, remember me? I've been working like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, I can't help but think about you and where you were during that. But to me, for thinking about the artist also is like maybe taking a break from art for a while or this form of art and then finding your muse again and your passion for it and being like that part of you inside's like, hey, remember how good this feels? Hey, you remember that I'm in here? This part of you is in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and now things can start happening was another yeah. lyric. And it was like, oh, shit, that's powerful. You know, like how many times have all of us lost our muse or our passion for something and are lucky enough to get it back? You yeah. Know? And yeah. then it can start happening again. Totally. I, I called that out, too, because it, it, to me, it sort of felt like a lot of the lyrics. I didn't catch all of them, but a lot of the lyrics felt like they were lyrics about making this song or about like Mm. coming like especially as a single Mm -hmm. it's like i've been working super hard and like i've just made this thing and the thing i sort of the thing i love about that is that um there's this thing that often happens at least with me where i'll like stay super focused on something and i'll overthink it a bunch and i'll like spend a lot of time trying to make it really good and then i just can't and so i just abandon it and i just do something and it like has zero like consideration, zero planning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like this actually happened with a, a piece of music where I was writing a, um, uh, a track for my portfolio shows, uh, like teaser trailer thing that we had when I was in school, when I was in college. And I spent like two weeks trying to write this one track. And I just couldn't do it. And then I just started like fucking with one sample and then immediately just had something that like made no sense and was like completely ramshackle and had this like weird Carl Sagan sample in there somewhere. And it was this fun little bounce that like didn't follow any sort of uh, like song structure or anything. But it feels sort of like this where it's like, it's just a song about making a song uh-huh. and being like, all right, like, I've, I've been thinking about stuff really hard for seven years. And then the thing I'm coming back with is like, and I just jammed on the keyboard for a little while and then added a bunch of vocals and like, just did all of the stuff from the, from the gut yeah. and just went, all right, there it is. Yeah. I love that. It seemed like free and simple compared to the other yeah. song you played. Like, like, yeah. Rising out of the depression and mm-hmm. getting away from the anxiety Mm-hmm. Uh, and be and that reinforced that line about now things can start happening because like you're not chained to the weights of sadness as much. Yeah, um, I thought that was that was really cool. Uh, the third thing, so there was the feedback at the beginning, the laser scone. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then as there was known, yeah. this reverse, uh, or there was this pitch bend filter that only happened once, where the whole mix kind of went. Like it was like da 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 da, and it went da and it was like an obvious pitch bend, mm-hmm. and that was a one shot thing too. I'm like, damn, like that's so cool, and people can like have that sort of self control, or they're just like, right, like, just going, just going for, for it. Like, what's this button? Oh, that was a laser. I'm not pushing that. One. Like, yeah, we'll leave it, but I'm yeah. I don't know yeah. what that is. Uh, and then there was this really cool towards the end, like a breathing feeling but it's like a reverse symbol like you know mm-hmm. a symbol hit and then flipped mm-hmm. um but it created like this open air um sort of feeling yeah there's I, there's this like kind of it kind of like with the uh first song we listened to uh where there's this feeling of like uh where i mentioned like it, it feels like you're walking at first and then you're running 
this is a song that like always whenever I hear it, it like makes me want to go running. Like Whoa. it makes me want to like move, you know, mm-hmm. and it it like it moves me in more ways than one, I guess. Like it it it's very uh it's kind of an important song to me because it's it's kind of because of that time that it came out for me where it was it was another moment of transition, right? It was an, it was this period where I was like leaving this job that I had been at for a long time and I was like not mentally in a good place again. Uh and and like maybe even worse than the the time before. Uh-huh. And like just having a having a tough go of it and um and for this song to come out is like I don't know, it was like perfect timing. You know, it, it, it was like, uh, I, I feel like looking back, I always saw Fever Ray a little bit as someone who's like almost like a mentor in a weird way. Like someone who's like a bit older, who's like gone through like worse versions of the things that I've gone through um, and has made art about it. And, uh, and I can kind of, sense like a similar trajectory for myself um and and for whatever reason like when those two albums came out they just lined up perfectly with like where my life was uh and yeah i think there's a like there is something about this song that feels very and actually the whole album that feels very like uh, like the album that it comes off of is called uh, Plunge, and it feels like an extremely appropriate title for an album. Like it's just like jumping in headfirst into whatever it is that you're doing mm-hmm. and whatever it is that you're, you you want to like really uh, care about, um, and sort of like fuck anything that gets in your way. Yeah, and I think there's like. Yeah, I don't know. That was a very like powerful thing to hear. I think uh, when this came out. Yeah, that's so cool that you feel like a ment that uh, it felt like a mentorship. Yeah, yeah, that's a unique feeling to get from a song or from a band or an artist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I dig that. I'm gonna share with you guys and the world a band that I first heard last summer. Uh, the band's called Sylvanesso, and this is a track off their self-titled album that actually came out in 2014. But this is the song that I first heard that caught my interest to it, and I was like, oh, I like that song. And little did I know that it would like unlock much more listening to this band. Uh, and last, this is last summer of my life, and that that the last summer was the first summer I've started feeling more like myself in a really long time talking years and years of a unhealthy relationship and then you know the leftover rebuilding that's left with the with the rubble of what you once were and so last summer I was getting out of that um, and this song led me into other songs that were like uh, positive reinforcement and some rediscovery of myself this song is called coffee Two. It's a dance we know the moves The bow, the dip, the woo Though the words are true 
that track so i have um i actually so i i recognize the name of the band and i actually have heard this track but never i've never like sat down and listened to it it's not a band that i'm super Mm -hmm. familiar with but it's one of those ones where i like i've heard it in the air and been like oh cool i like that but hearing it now and picking up a lot of the details this track fucking rules yeah um one of the things that immediately caught me, and this goes back to our first episode, but the first Raven Linnae track that we listened to, which was Venezuela Trains, has this similar thing where it builds up all of these weird janky layers, which is a thing that like immediately always hooks me, of these like harmonics. Like this one had these harmonics and this beat that's sort of like off kilter and mm-hmm. combining in weird ways and sort of chunky. But the thing that it does that tricks me that this track did that tricked me and it's the same thing that this raven lanae track does is the beat tricks you into thinking you've got the beat down and then the vocals come in on the wrong beat yeah and you're all of a sudden like what what and you like have to refocus on the vocals which is like such a little brilliant technique um but it it hooks you so like immediately, so succinctly right up front. That's why um, I got hooked too. I heard it on the radio actually. And I was like, wait, what? And it wasn't until later that the deeper feelings came, but yeah, that's cool. It hooked you the same way. Yeah, totally. I think one of the things too, is that the, I feel like the vocals kind of are almost their own instrument in this track, just in the way that they interplay with all these layers. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of, I, it was hard for me to pick up a ton of lyrical content, but one of the things that it, I really enjoyed was just that feeling of getting pulled in and having that be kind of your guide through all of these crazy layers. I think sometimes tracks tend to have the vocals sit as the separate thing. They may be blended in, in the mix, but like you're either paying attention to the vocals or you're paying attention to the production and you're kind of, you can only get really lost in one or the other until you've listened to the track a few times. And this one felt like the vocals were this kind of guiding path leading me through the production. And I'm like catching little bits of the vocals when they're more focused and then more of the production and kind of just riding through this whole experience, Um, which is a neat feeling because it's, it's not often that I'm like picking up those, I'm not, I'm not spread across the track in so many different ways uh, on like a first listen with many pieces of music. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's a definite like scattershot quality to, to what was going on in this, on this track. And in particular, I had the same reaction at the beginning where once the beat comes in, you're just like, uh, like what? Um, (laughs) and, and immediately just kind of like makes you curious uh, and there's all of these little elements that feel like they don't quite fit 
or they um or their their elements from that are maybe make sense in a different context but this is not the context in which they make sense but they're here anyway mm-hmm. and um there are a few examples of that i think definitely just the way that some of those layers like come in and and like the vocals uh and kind of just throw you off because they're not where you expect them to be um but i think also like there's a there's a sort of part where there's a bunch of like knocking or tapping yeah mm-hmm. uh and it's it almost but not quite has that quality of like oh should i take my headphones off is there someone like outside right right um but it's just but it's not quite that it's not you know it's it's you know it's part of the song but you're like why is this here you know and it it kind of makes you at least it makes me like keep engaging with it as a result um i think the other kind of notable example of that for me was uh the sort of repeated lyric, uh, get up, get down, mm-hmm. uh, which feels like, you know, something that would be, uh, shouted by a DJ and accompanied by air horns. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but instead it's this like much softer, uh, voice in this like cacophony of, of, of music. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just like another one of these weird uh, kind of disconnects that connects somehow. Yeah, that right. specifically was one of the parts of this song that pulled me in and uh, actually made a big difference for me was that. And it was kind of elements of what you just said. The get up, get down part was when I started feeling like the song was helping me. Because as I was coming out of depression and confusion and rebuilding myself, it was like the key thing to remind myself was to get up and like do something, talk to people, go do something. Um, but also I listened to lots of hip hop and club music and I know what getting down's all about. And it had been a long time since I got down, you know what I mean? So like the whole idea of like get up and get down, like <laughs> it's, it's as simple as that, but shit did that make a difference for me like it pulled me out of it and if it was just like get up get down like i would have been like fuck you you know like i don't feel (laughs) i don't feel very good right now but it was more like hey get up get down you know like you Mm -hmm. you have it in you man to like rebuild this that's cool yeah it is weird but the delivery made it like trustworthy to me yeah of of the of the intention a little bit more totally there's a speaking on the on the lyrics there's a a section that i thought was really cool i didn't capture all of the lyrics but it was uh like uh, the lyrics were warm coffee mom's gone do you love me and then repeated again i think it was the first one was probably a season but i think the second one was summer cold coffee uh baby's gone do you love me Mm -hmm. which i feel like is I, I love that just simplicity of like reframing that idea where the first one is very like um, aspirational and exciting because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, mom's gone. Everything's a little flirty and fun. And then immediately like flashing forward. It's it's a nice little reframing right in that concise little capsule. Definitely. Um, 
That's interesting that it's potent. Both you guys, the lyrics that you just brought up were the ones that I wrote down as well because um, the baby's gone. Uh, Do you love me? To me, last summer and still to me felt like, you know, my baby's gone. Not a child, but my girlfriend is gone long term. And it was, it always felt like me being like, well, that huge part of your life is gone. Do you love me? Asking myself, like, Mm. do I, that's how it felt listening to Like, do I still love Mm. myself without that? extremely important other half as people call it and i think maybe i let that relationship become too much of like two halves instead of two holes um so i think it was always like do i love me huh Um, that's interesting in that part um there's certain parts of this track that i always felt like the chimes at the beginning are like Mm. are like hope um then there's a rattle, so the chimes are like dun dun dun. That was like gave me hope. And then there's this rattle, that's like, and that always felt like the putting in the work part. Like, Ugh, I don't want to do this, but I know I'll feel better. Mm-hmm. And it felt like, um, it felt like that to me. And just the overall dynamics of the track always feel like a rebuilding process. Like every t- even listening to it now, it's like it builds up and lets down but it's sort of like that's how you do something how do you clean a room you make a mess and then it gets cleaner somehow it's that sort of a feeling right yeah but the beat is really interesting too because it's it the way it builds is very naturalistic like all or all the elements are very naturalistic right like every all the even the little harmonics at the beginning are not played perfectly they're not quite in time there's weird little kind of dissonant things in there and it's all very loose and it feels like it's coming from a person, but then it's all of the layers feel that way. And the actual structure and the way it builds feels like it builds naturally. But if you really think about all the layers, like there's, it's completely impossible the way it comes together. And it, it kind of ties in with this whole, it's got this strange cyclical thing that's happening where there's all these little chimes and, and, phrases and stuff that come in feeling seemingly at random but the more i was paying attention to them the more they're just like not really at the same timed out at the same loop and sometimes they come together and play together and sometimes they're kind of Mm -hmm. scattered off in the in the phrase but it's these cool moments where they're kind of all cycling and all moving and then there's a moment where they all play together and then kind of separate back out again for sure um and that's one of those things where it's like it feels like the beat is both like or the whole track is like natural, but also completely impossible. Mm-hmm. It's like completely there's there's no way it could come together in this like such a perfect way with all of these elements that feel like they're from a different place. Yeah, I absolutely love that because that's exactly what the song did for me. Like in an impossible time, it made sense of a whole pile of confusion. Right. Right. Um, that's cool. I have another I have another track. Please. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. Also, that song would definitely be like a driving. Oh, yeah. But also like not maybe not around town unless it was super late at night, like empty streets thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like driving somewhere weird. Would I be... gave it a I gave it a golden hour. Listen, a uh, golden hour. Yep. Like walking, walking along the water on a golden hour. Mm-hmm. Like I find I find that. uh I weirdly will hit these moments where I'm like kind of slow and tired and like not really ready to get hype. And then I'll listen to music and like get way more hype than I meant to. Um, (laughs) That actually happened the other night. Uh, I really debated bringing an artist today 
um, which I'm kind of glad I didn't because I feel like the theme of this episode is is nice and like contained. But uh, the artist I was going to bring, I listened to and then accidentally like got way too stoked about it and then <laughs> stayed up way too late listening to this artist. Yeah, I was like fucked up my own sleep schedule just by like being a little bit sleepy and listening to too hype of music. Yeah, like coffee after dinner. Right, totally. Yeah. And I feel like this track would do that for me where I'm like tired and walking along the water, like listening to music. And then I'm just like, well, I'm going to go for a run now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, hopefully I don't re-energized. Cha- hopefully I don't change that up and add more f- fuel to the fire. But this is uh, this next song's uh, off their 2017 album called uh, What Now? And the song is called song and the song that you can't get out of your head oh, and the song that's bringing you to bed and the song that's promising you all your wants and needs and needs and needs and needs or how you want it to be real and it can be pretty hopeful up upbeat track there yeah no kidding it's uh i feel like so one of the ways that i often think about music is actually in the context of movies Mm -hmm. uh where like i often when i hear a song i'm like oh that's like a credit song or that's like <laughs> that's the song where like the hero has like made their big move and now they're like you know now it's now it's their time to shine or like this is the you know the moment of despair where the hero has just been defeated i like for whatever reason i often think about that as like a soundtrack and this is definitely a soundtrack song and this is definitely a like kid like teens in the summer, like preteens in the summer, biking around at sunset, like going out to meet your friends on the beach kind of vibe. Uh-huh. Like it's just immediately I can see like montages of like biking down through the like big tall trees as like the sun's filtering mm-hmm. through and you've like got your headphones on on your cassette player. Yeah. Which also there's a bunch of weird cassette noises in here, which mm-hmm. like solidified this like it's just a movie about like my childhood in the 90s. But For like. Sure. Man, it it definitely it's funny that you say that because uh, one of the things that I wrote um, was uh, postal servicey. <laughs> yeah, um, as in the band, the postal service. Yeah. okay. And it it totally. I was like, what is it? Like I was having similar movie soundtrack vibes, but I was like, what? What is it specifically? And I was like, oh right, Garden State, like and oh, like yep that whole thing not and like whatever i don't love garden state as a movie but it but there was a whole bunch of songs like uh, that were around that movie and in particular postal service Mm -hmm. um and it just like certain parts of this song brought back sort of what it was like when i first heard their songs um and it had that very similar quality of just like Oh yeah, I'm I'm 
it's like a cinematic experience almost. Yeah, totally. I think the the cellos help with that. Yeah, probably. Like yeah. a lot of the there's like a little bit of cinematic scoring underneath all of the like Casio drums. Mm-hmm. And the big ass bass. Yeah. yeah, it's a really. I literally wrote wrote big tubbo bass. Oh yeah. <laughs> I put big crusty bass and still smooth. Oh. <laughs> I wrote big chonky bass. Okay, all right. we're all on the there same page. There we go. We're yeah. on the same page. Yeah. Uh, if I had heard this song for the first uh, the first song by the band, I might have not been as into it as this came later. Mm. Um, I discovered this song later, but it was also at a time when. Uh, I was starting to feel more and more hopeful and I was welcoming like this feeling of like, like it was summer and this was towards the end. I'm like, I was doing stuff that was fun with people again. And um, so the overall vibe was just exciting and refreshing to me to get out of a sad place. But then the whole, um, the whole reason it stuck with me is the whole thing is like, I'm the song that you can't get out of your head. Mm -hmm. That was in there. So as fun as it was, to listen to the song and go ride my bike and feel good. And you know, all of those things I just said, that part really hit me. It's like, damn it. Like you're the person I don't want to think of is still stuck in my head. Mm. So it's like, even as good as like having your favorite song stuck in your head, it's like, sometimes it could be like, instead of your favorite song, it could be like the jingle to a shitty like breakfast cereal Mm-hmm. commercial or you know like earworms or whatever it's like right. ugh, i don't want to hear that anymore and like you know you hear some somebody whistle a thing and you can't stop thinking about it all day like you monster God damn it. yep and uh <laughs> it was like that but for a person you know right. like and so to like in a happy way like dancing pop music way it's like um it may it it helped deal with the fact that like I'd want to stop thinking about that person. That is a song that's stuck in my head. Mm. Um, you know, and you realize you'll, you never, you never forget about big, important people and feelings in your life. You just sort of forget about them like hooks to songs until somebody like pulls an asshole move like I just did, or <laughs> you find a picture in a drawer or somebody you haven't seen in a couple years. It's like, Hey, how's so-and-so? And you're like, Oh shit. You know, now mm-hmm. I know what I'm going to be thinking about all day. Um, so there's that. So it was like, there's an underlying still like frustrated sadness in this song that I could mm. at least digest like with all that frosting and sprinkles on it. Yeah. I think that really, it, it needs to be there. Like it helps it go down. There's something to that feeling of like something very upbeat, but then, it also kind of like hurts a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. or like hits you a little bit in a, in a, in a way that's not the most comfortable thing in the world. Um, yeah. Kind of that feeling of getting to the beach and then just like seeing the sunset and then being completely struck by, you know, your smallness or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Like there, there is something, there's something very special about that feeling. And I, and I think, when a song can capture kind of both of those things at once, uh, that's that's something pretty special. Totally. That's cool you feel that way. That's how it felt to me. Yeah, like getting somewhere excited and then being like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. That, right. That hook is still in my brain. Person totally. is still on the mind. Yeah. 
I don't know if I have more things. These it's weird when you listen to old songs. Like I was having a hard time like writing notes instead of just feeling things. Yeah, I literally <laughs> yeah. for the first half of the song, I was just staring at the blank page and like trying to conjure something, and then I was just like too. I was too involved, too like sucked into this cinematic world uh-huh. that this this song was bringing me to to like make my hand write notes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's weird. I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. 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 Well. This has been awesome, guys. Uh, great episode. Ian, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It was I a really, lot of fun. Cool. Like, I really like the stuff you brought and your insight and opinions on things. It was refreshing and different for us. Appreciate it. Can we get... I, there's one unopened can here. Oh, dear. And you, you, you know thirst, what you have to do. Are you thirsty, Ian? Hey, Ian, are you thirsty? Why, Yes. I am very thirsty for a Diet Coke. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Delicious. (laughs) Just like you. (laughs) I drink Diet Coke. Thanks for listening to This Time It's Personal. Our intro and outro music was made by Diogenes and myself. Links to all the tracks used in the episode will be in the show notes. Be excellent to each other. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.